Peter McVerry, you're an Irish Jesuit and you are involved with the Peter McVerry Trust, well-known uh, worker with homelessness, household name. And we're having another interview and I have to say, each time it's getting worse, not better, in terms of the homelessness situation and maybe just things in general at the moment. A depressing note to start off with, but what's your take on it, Peter? Where are we? What's happening? Well, things over the last 40 years have got worse and worse and worse. Uh, when I started working with homeless people back in the 70s, there were about a thousand homeless people in Ireland, mostly elderly men with an alcohol problem who had returned from England, having worked there all their lives. Today, we have a, a record registered number of over 11,000 who are homeless. But that number uh, excludes a lot of other homeless people. It excludes people sleeping rough. It excludes women and children in domestic refuges. It excludes asylum seekers who have been given permission to stay in Ireland but can't move out of direct provision because they can't find anywhere to live. It excludes people who are sofa surfing. So in reality, the number of homeless people is probably double or treble the registered number. And if you include adults who are living involuntarily with their parents because they can't afford to move out, you're probably talking about 100,000 people uh, who are without a home and desire a home to live in. Gosh, that's fairly shocking. Well, it's it's even worse than that. Because there are many people living in the most appalling private rented accommodation. You know, we got rid of the tenements, the public housing tenements of the inner cities and and other areas. But the tenements still exist now, but they're in the private rented sector, but they're invisible. You pass a house, lovely looking house, lovely looking front door, seven or eight doorbells. uh, You don't know what's behind that door. And some of the apartments that I have been in are just utterly uninhabitable. But the people can't complain because if they complain, they'll be kicked out and they will become homeless. Then there are those living in very good private rented accommodation, but paying 50, 60 and sometimes 70% of their income Mm. to a landlord. And while they may have good jobs, they're actually living in poverty. Mm. They can't afford to heat and and, and feed themselves properly. And they have very, very little disposable income. So all in all, I would guesstimate Uh, that there are in the region of three quarters of a million people in this country whose housing situation is causing them serious distress. And that is, uh, and we are one of the wealthiest countries in the world. It's amazing. It is absolutely amazing. And you Mm. have been campaigning. So you know this territory really well. And you're known really well and you get awards. And this year you've had awards from the NCI, you've had awards from Limerick University. So it's not that it's not known. So how do you read that? Is it that the government's getting away with it, that subsequent governments are getting away with it? How is it happening? Is no, the there was there was a decision taken many years ago, maybe 15, 20 years ago, to transfer responsibility for housing to the private sector. This was part of a bigger picture. A neoliberal ideology said that, you know, the private sector can do all these things much better. And so the government tried to reduce government involvement in everything 
and transfer responsibility to the private sector. So we've largely uh, tra- privatised the health system. We've privatised the nursing homes uh, for elderly people. We've privatised childcare. And they're all pretty much in crisis at the moment. But we also privatised the housing And so they stopped building social housing, basically. In 1975, this country built uh, 8,500 council houses. In 1985, this country built 6,900 council houses. And in 2015, this country built 75 council houses. So we just stopped building council housing, transferred the responsibility to the private sector, in particular to the private rented sector, and that has proved to be an absolute catastrophe because the private rented sector is oversubscribed, far more demand than there is supply. So rents are going up and up and up, and the number of landlords offering rental accommodation is is decreasing. So we have entered into a crisis which has been in the making for the last 15 years. The, The majority of people today becoming homeless are being evicted from the private rented sector either for one of two reasons, either the rents have gone too high and they can no longer afford them, or the landlord says they're selling the flat and you have to move out. And because there is so little social housing to move into, they end up between the cracks, they end up homeless. So the public perception is that most homeless people have a drink or a drug problem or a mental health problem. And I can understand that because they're the ones who are most visible on the streets, begging and sleeping rough. But in fact, the actual majority of of homeless people now don't have those problems. They only have one problem. They don't have enough money (laughs) to be able to go out and afford to get alternative rental accommodation. In fact, the age group with the largest number of homeless people is the not to four age group. Children who are homeless, over 3,500 of them, homeless with their families. And that's a relatively new phenomenon. Only about 10 years ago, there were no such thing as homeless families. Now we uh, have a huge crisis of homeless families and the damage that's done to the children who are homeless is well documented. Children need security, they need routine, they need stability and they lose all that for many months or even several years while living in homeless uh, accommodation. So it goes back to that ideology. Luckily, and I'm glad to say, the current housing policy has reversed that. They are committing themselves to uh, building almost 9,000 council houses every year. Uh, I certainly welcome that. It's a U-turn on what has been going on for the last 15 years. But we're way behind target. And unfortunately, I don't see the crisis, the urgency in government to addressing this problem. The Peter McVeigh Trust charities like Focus Ireland, Home Again, you'll have the Belvedere Sleep Out. The public are at least giving support in many ways. What kind of things have you been doing over the year? Well, I think the public have been very supportive. And I think a large part of the reason for that is that homelessness now is affecting many, many families and elderly parents in all social groups. You have elderly parents who thought now they'd be enjoying their retirement, their children would be gone, (laughs) 
and they find their children still living with them and maybe even their grandchildren still living with them. So it's something that's affecting all sectors of society. Employers find they, they can't get staff because staff can't find anywhere to live. Having a huge problem with teachers finding somewhere to live, nurses finding somewhere to live, doctors. We have a huge shortage of skilled labour in the construction industry. In the past, what we did was we imported skilled labour from abroad. We can't do that now because there's nowhere for them to live. So we're in a huge, huge crisis. We provide, uh, we're a drop in the ocean really, we have about 600 apartments and houses where we can give a homeless person the key of the door and say this is yours for the rest of your life and we will add maybe three or 400 apartments and houses every year as far as resources allow but it's still only a drop in the ocean. However, for every one of those homeless people who move into their own apartment, it's like a dream come true. It's a godsend. It's a whole transformation of life for them and so it's great that we are able to do it for a very small number. Apart from the 600 apartments or so we have 25 hostels around Dublin and Kildare. We have about uh, almost a thousand homeless people every night staying in the hostels. We have five drug and alcohol treatment centres which are important to some homeless people who have an addiction. We have a lovely drop-in centre which is open to homeless people uh, Monday to Friday, they can come in, free tea, coffee sandwiches all day long. Some mornings, free breakfast, other days, free lunch. Televisions on the walls, computers they can use. Really, it's a lovely uh, Where setup. Where is that, Peter? That's in the city centre in Berkeley Street beside the Matter Hospital. And we actually run two small schools. <laughs> really? Tell yeah. me about that. Where are they? We have two small schools for children who have either been expelled from mainstream education or have left, walked out. Because many of the people we deal with have left school early, we're hoping by keeping these young people in school, and it's very successful, 95% of them stay at the course. By keeping them in school, we hope to prevent them becoming homeless adults in the future. It's wonderful. I didn't know about that. It's not well known. We, we It's small. We have about 40 pupils, very small class sizes, very good relationship between the pupils and the teachers and a lot of extracurricular activities besides reading and writing and maths and <laughs> the usual subjects. It's very successful. And we haven't even mentioned the Ukrainian refugees coming here and the increase in asylum seekers from other countries as well. And we've been seeing that that's created a whole other issue as well. What do you say to people? And in fairness, there are very few people who are petting Irish homeless against refugees and that, which is actually, I think, a real tribute to people who are homeless, who are not saying, well, you're getting a place and I didn't. But it is hard, isn't it? It is, but I hear it every day. (laughs) We just... We should be helping our own before the Ukrainians. My answer to that is that the Ukrainians who are coming here and many of the others who are coming from other countries have suffered far more trauma than any Irish homeless person. And we should be opening our doors and welcoming them. And we can do it for everybody. If we were to build the social housing, everywhere you go, every street and every town you go down, there's empty buildings if we could bring those back into use quickly. Waterford in the last 18 months brought 45 empty buildings back into use, but 16 local authorities brought none back into use, or maybe one back into use. If every local authority uh, did what Waterford did, we could add 1,500 new units every year. 
if 25,500 Airbnbs, most of them not registered, and some which require planning permission wouldn't have planning permission. I'm glad to see the government are now at last making it illegal to advertise an Airbnb if you don't have the required registration and, if necessary, planning permission. That could bring 12,000-15,000 units back into residential use immediately if there is follow-up and monitoring the situation to make sure that the uh, the law is, is obeyed. So there are things we can do, and we can do them fairly quickly. We could introduce the Kenny Report. The Kenny Report would bring down the cost of housing by a third on average. A house that today costs, you pay 300000 for, if the Kenny Report was implemented, that house would only cost 200000 Kenny report recommended that land that was to be used for building would be bought by the local authority compulsorily if necessary at agricultural value plus 25% profit to the landowner. The cost of the land contributes at least a third and sometimes more to to the final cost of the, the house. So we could bring that down. So a lot of things we could do. Some of them we are doing, and I'm glad to see that. But with a lack of of urgency, it seems to me. There'll be an election in two years. Do you think that that might focus the minds of politicians? Because surely the housing issue is going to be the issue. Because as you rightly pointed out, it affects everybody from the child from not to four to the grandparents with their grandchildren and, and children living with them. It may be that this may be the only thing to really speed up and force the hands of politicians. I think it already has. They're they're aware that the housing issue is the big issue at the next election and that unless they address this in a much more effective way in the next two years, they're going to get a trouncing at the next election. At the moment, the combined support for Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael is about the same as the support for Sinn Féin. So I think they're hoping to get away with this, <laughs> maybe with another sort of coalition with a couple of parties, they may still get back into power. But I think there will be a groundswell of voting for change, particularly young people. Young people are particularly affected. Yeah. I mean, I often say, why would any young person who has a qualification, either from college or an apprenticeship, why would they stay in this country? Mm-hmm. They're never going to own their own house. They're going to be paying an exorbitant amount of their wages to a landlord. Cost of living is extraordinarily high. Why would you stay? And many are not staying. Teachers, nurses, doctors, a lot of them are just going as soon as they can. We're in a serious, serious crisis. And I'm not sure that we're going to get out of it anytime soon. I'm going to ask you again. (laughs) You are a Jesuit. You are a priest. You're a Christian and your faith is really important to you. It's the core of everything for you. Does it give you that word hope, that much used and abused word? Hope is different from optimism. (laughs) Optimism means you look forward to a better future because you see the little green shoots that give you optimism. Hope means you look forward to a better future, but you can't see any sign of it coming. (laughs) So So I'm hopeful, hopeful. I'm hopeful, but not optimistic. Yeah, it's uh, 
you know, you you do what you can. Nobody can solve everybody's problem, but everybody can solve somebody's problem. That's my philosophy. And to see the joy on the face of some homeless person when you give them the keys of their own apartment, that's really wonderful to see and makes the whole work worthwhile.